0: All right, all right, all right, all righty then, ladies and gentlemen. Check my sound. All right, I sound good. All right, the uh, ten on its segment. Y'all know what the deal is, man. Y'all send some money in to the panhandling bucket for a question, of topic, ten dollar minimum. So the Gold Eagle sent in fifteen. He says, does diversity really work, and is it truly necessary for African-Americans? Also, are black people in America honest about diversity? So that's from the Gold Eagle. It says, does diversity really work, and is it truly necessary for African-Americans? Also, are black people in America honest about diversity? Oh Jesus, this is one of those This is one of those philosophical questions right here. What's up uh light bright galaxy? Um I'm confused, so that's a loaded question. <laughs> oh man. I got I got to put my thinking cap on here. Does diversity really work and is it truly necessary for African Americans? <sighs> Look I don't really see the issue with diversity. I really don't. Um, I can understand the potential issues. You know, when you say diversity, you got a lot of black folks out there that feel like even, uh, even in the midst of diversity, that somehow black people will still be pushed to the side in favor of other diverse people, meaning other races of people who are not white or people pushed or them pushing the, uh, the alphabet soup squad to the front. So, you know, there's always like that. There's always like that fear that a lot of black folks have when it comes to diversity. That's why so many are so adamant about having stuff specifically directed towards black people. And then they refine it even more towards specifically directed towards black people who descended from slavery um so look I get it (laughs) I get it man I get it to a certain extent um I guess it really just depends upon how are you analyzing diversity (laughs) I mean are you analyzing it strictly from the aspect of what I just outlined in terms of you getting benefits or are you looking at it from the perspective of you getting exposure to other groups of people, other cultures, so that hopefully maybe you can expand your worldview. It just, I guess it really depends on what angle this question is being asked from, because I really don't know. I'll read the question again. It says, does diversity really work and is it truly necessary for African Americans? Also are black people in America honest about diversity? I mean that's a really broad statement right there because like I said I keep sound like a little broken record here it just depends on where are you coming from what what do you actually mean when you talk about diversity what do you actually mean so you know when I think of diversity you know the first thing that comes to my mind is thinking of uh being around other groups of people other cultures just I'm not saying you got to be best friends with the people. I'm not saying you got to date them and marry them. I'm just saying being around other people to expand your worldview, because what I've noticed a lot on social media, when we have a lot of these conversations that pertain to race and, you know, you know, the conversations when they pertain to race, they're really only talking about black people versus white people. Right. What I notice is you have a lot of black people who love to make these, um, these broad sweeping statements about white society, right? And what they think white people think about black people. But oftentimes you discover a lot of these people who make these statements, they are really not, they really don't interact with white people. Other than maybe the occasional white employee at their job. What's up, Kay? You know, they're not really hanging out with white folks like that. Everything that they get about white people, nine times out of 10, it comes through the form of social media or some random clip they see on the news. They don't really interact with white folks. And this is the same thing. This is the same way with white people who form, you know, white people that people love to call racist and white supremacists. A lot of these white folks, they don't really interact with a lot of black people. And I've seen this firsthand, especially when I was in the military. I was in the military. I met quite a few white people who all they knew about when it came to black people is what they saw on TV, whether it was a celebrity in terms of a TV show, movie, or music, or stuff they saw on the news. But in their everyday real life, they never interacted with white people. They're like from one of these small towns in flyover America somewhere or they just weren't really around black people like that. So by the time they got to the army, and they were forced to be around the black people, you know, it was visibly clear on some of their faces that they 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 were like a little confused cuz they thought all black people were similar to what they saw on the TV. And then here they are talking to one face to face and realize, okay, this person is extremely articulate, smart and all this other crap. And they're like, holy crap, their, their world is just rocked. You know what I'm saying? Now, to the average person here on social media, looking at that white person, right, they'll be like, oh, that white person's racist. Because he thought we was all rappers. He thought we were all ball players. He thought we were all goons and thugs. It's not really that they're racist, it's just they don't have the exposure. I'm just saying, from based off of what I saw, a lot of these people just weren't exposed. You know, it's kind of like when we make these broad sweeping statements about everybody in the trailer park, we all think everybody in the trailer park is a bunch of meth heads. And, you know, they're all out there doing engaging in incest and all kind of crap. The reality is, I mean, y'all actually know people that live in the trailer parks that are white. You know, I know some black people that live in the trailer parks and they don't act like that. But I don't really know any white folks that live in the trailer parks. But I'm saying if I did. You know, I'm pretty sure they'd just be like every other, you know, every other group of people out there. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, their financial status only allows for them to afford trailer park conditions or unless that's where they choose to be by choice. I don't know. But I'm just saying in, in the greater context, it just seems like people make these oversweeping generalizations about people simply because you're not exposed to them. I mean, it's just the reality of the situation. Like, when I went overseas for the first time, when I went to, uh, not the first time, but when I went to the Mideast for the first time, you know, everything I knew about the Mideast leading up to my first deployment was based off of what I saw on the news. I legit thought everybody was a terrorist. That was from the Mideast. (laughs) I legit thought everybody was a terrorist who was going to try to shoot me, kill me, blow me up, all that stuff. That was All that was on my mind when I got off that plane in 2006 in the Mid-East, I thought it's about to go down every day. If you look like you was from this part of the world, I thought you was a terrorist because leading up to that, all I ever saw on the news was terrorists fighting U.S. soldiers in Iraq, explosions galore. That's all I ever saw. Then you know the nine eleven dudes from Saudi Arabia, and they out there looking for Osama bin Laden. So I'm thinking everybody's everybody's over here down with Osama bin Laden. That's not the case. I had to come. I had to realize, yo, it's over a billion Muslims in the world. B, I don't know how many live in the Middle East, but everybody ain't down with that program. But that's what I thought because I really wasn't exposed to Muslim people like that, like true, a uh, uh, real deal. Readily identifiable Muslims, i put it that way. I wasn't exposed to these people. Until I got around them, I was like, oh, they're just like everybody else. They just, they just live over here and got a different culture, a different faith. But they're not all terrorists. Now, that doesn't mean that I let my guard down because even here in America, I know black folks. I'm around them all the time, but I don't let my guard down around niggas either. <laughs> so, But I got exposed to them. And that kind of helped, you know, paint a different picture in my mind about these people as opposed to what I was force fed through the media because I was, that was my only quote unquote source of information was what was being pumped to me through the media. And I think it's the same way. So I don't think diversity in that aspect is a bad thing. What up Cyrus? I don't think diversity is bad in that aspect. It gives you exposure to other groups of people and it can potentially expose your, um, your worldview I'll give you another example. When I went to Tuskegee University back in 1998, HBCU, dude, we had black folks from all over the place. Now, prior to that, most of my exposure with black folks was, was Negroes from the East Coast, from the from New York all the way down South. I never really had a lot of exposure with Negroes from California. So when they came to Tuskegee, well, they was already out there, but the ones that I – when I first met them at Tuskegee and cats from Detroit, they had like a whole totally different vibe. They had their own little slang going on. They had their own little dress code. You know what I'm saying? They, they had all these things that I never really was exposed to outside of what I saw in the music. All I knew about the West Coast is what Dr. Dre and all of them was telling me in the music. But I never really had interactions with a California cat like that before. Everybody that I knew was from the East Coast, from New York all the way down to Florida. So when I met these California dudes and they came out there with the crip walking, walking around in their chucks and their khaki suits and and then here they are taking a damn business class or an engineering class next to me at the same time, you know, kind of just shifted my mentality a little bit about, okay, maybe all these niggas ain't gangbangers. <laughs> Maybe maybe they got some regular black people out there too. And it was the same with these cats from Detroit and Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Even though we're all black in America, but they're in their they're in their separate section of America with their own little microculture out there. So, you know, all I knew about these cities was what I saw on TV and what I heard in the music until I actually got to know some of these cats, and some of these people I still talk with to this very day. And it's just like, okay, no, somebody's calling me. Hold on. So that's, this is kind of how it works, man. I think the exposure piece and being uh, the, the 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 diversity piece in terms of being exposed to other groups of people is not a bad thing at all. It's just are you willing to allow for yourself to be exposed? Because you have some people be like, I'm around people all day, white right, people. But, you know, look, I'm a firm believer that most people, man, don't really. Well, I'm not. a. It's, it's not that I'm a firm believer. It's actually a fact that most most people don't really venture out and travel. I think they say the average person will spend his or her entire life within like a 150 mile radius to where they were born and never leave that radius. So everything about your entire world existence in, in the physical sense happens within a 150 mile radius for the average person. And so if all you ever deal with is a certain type of white folks in this circle, you probably think they're all like that everywhere. If you deal with a certain type of black folks, you probably think they're all they're like that all all over the place, or whoever you're dealing with. But you got to break that radius, man. Go out there and uh, put some miles on the highway, and get your travel game on, and you know go see some different things, man. And so, I don't think diversity is bad in that aspect of bringing you new experiences and just meeting people. Because, like I say, most people that I that that I see online, I'm I'm of the honest belief that. Most of these people, they just shape their world through their smartphones. That's it. Everything they think about white folks or whoever just comes strictly through their phones. And they never really ever have any true interactions with these people other than, you know, calling somebody a troll or cussing somebody out or whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? You got to really go out there and be around other people, man, instead of just constantly seeking the quote-unquote safety of the group you feel most comfortable with. And There's nothing wrong with seeking the comfort of the group you're most comfortable with, but at this, you know, you know, that can, like I said, can provide like a little safety net or whatever community. But at the same time, this is all you know. Like, how can you truly ever grow and expand your mind and experiences if, if you just constantly surround yourself with the same things all the time and never go out there and see other things? So, I don't believe diversity. Is wrong in that aspect with black folks getting experiences, getting to know other people, hanging around other people. That's not saying that you're gonna just totally abandon who you are, become somebody brand new. It's just get different experiences in your life, man. Like actually live life off of your phone. Go out there and go to uh go meet people from different parts of the. Or just go get your travel game on. Just go meet people because oftentimes what you'll discover is all these misconceptions you have. It's like you know not pro-black sit around here and they think white folks think about them all day long. You'll discover that it's a lot of white people that just don't give a damn about you, B. They don't wish no harm to you, but they don't care. They're not sitting around thinking about you. The same problems you're dealing with, with in terms of trying to pay your bills, trying to increase your increase your bank account, they're dealing with the same crap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you got to... I'm telling you, man, you got to... But, but if, if you never... Interact with anybody outside of your sphere of comfort, you would think that, oh, all white people just sit around plotting on, plotting and planning and thinking about black people all day. No, they don't. They don't care about you, man. Like I say, they're just trying to live their life too. (laughs) They're not thinking about you. You know what I mean? But you would never know that if all you ever learned about them was what you hear other people on social media saying got to go out there and experience these things man so i don't see nothing wrong with diversity but unfortunately diversity is really not a cool concept on social media especially as it relates to black folks man black folks fall into these little cubby holes of safety on social media they'll listen to their favorite babbler just tell them all this craziness and they'll just think yeah oh white people are evil racist that's why they're so quick to call everybody a white supremacist or a suspected white supremacist. It's like, dude, these people really probably don't have any real interactions with white folks outside of the occasional employee that they work with at the job. That's it. I mean, they, I don't know. I, I, th- I just think it's just a sad, sad way to live your life, especially in this country. Cause you know, there, there's a lot of great things, a lot of, you know, like, look, I like soul food, even though I don't eat it that much. But I also like Mexican food, like real authentic Mexican food. You know what I'm saying? Not not your Taco Bells, not your chains. Like, I like to go, when I I go out there on a hunt for Mexican food, I like to go to the spot where all the damn construction workers go. All the people who cut the grass go. You know, they're going to go to this real deal. And I just happened to find one spot that is literally about a mile and a half up the street from my house. It's in this store that's owned by like this Arab dude. And in the back of the store, they got these Mexican chicks back there. There's like this mother-daughter, grandma-daughter combination going on. And this is where all the freaking construction, the Mexican construction workers go. The uh, the um, the dudes who be cutting grass, they all go to this spot. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, shoot, let me go up in there. Man, that food is slapping. You go in there, I can't speak a lick of Spanish. They can't speak a lick of English. We both point at food to, that's how we communicate through sign language, by pointing at stuff. I want this, I want that. <laughs> that's how we communicate, but that food would be slapping. But I would never know that if all I thought was, you know, listen, got my cues from social media. Oh, the Black and Brown Coalition, oh, how is that going? I don't know, but the Black and Brown Coalition seems to be going fine when I go in there and hand them a couple dollars for a plate and they give me a they give me that real deal, uh, burritos or fajitas or whatever the heck it is. I'm throwing on a plate, rice and beans. That should be slapping. Or if I want to go, I was downtown Orlando. I went to this um, I went to this bar one time, just just on just hanging out. I went there. I went there for lunch because I saw they were serving hamburgers. I had a I had a taste for some hamburgers, right? So I go in there. It's like this Irish pub. I've never hung out in an Irish pub a day in my life. I went up in there. It was like during lunchtime, so obviously there's not really much going on. Give me a little, give me a little something to drink, and I ordered me a beer, uh, not a beer, but a, a hamburger and fries combo. I don't, know, I don't know who was back there whipping it up, but that was one of the best burgers I've ate in my life. It was just like, good God, this thing is good. You know what I'm saying? Like, how come I've never came here before? And it's like, It was like right down the street from where I was working when I worked downtown. But you know, you know. It, but what I'm saying is, if 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 I was just running around here thinking oh, white people is racist, white supremacists, I probably would have never went into this pub, man. That was right down the street from where I worked at at the time, just to go try a burger because I was craving a hamburger and I wanted. I was like, all right, they got burgers. Let me go see what's cracking in here. Turns out that was one of the best burgers I've had in years. <clears throat> so. So I I don't see nothing wrong with diversity, man. Just going out there and experiencing different people, different cultures, just being around other people. Um, You know, barbecue. I keep talking about food, so, you know, it's a theme going on here with me. (laughs) But barbecue. Look, I love barbecue. I love and, and Look, when it comes to barbecue, I'm a fan of everybody. I don't care what you're white, black, whatever. I've had some phenomenal barbecue from some white people. So phenomenal barbecue from some black people. They all know how to throw down. You know what I'm saying? And so but if I was stuck in this white people, racist supremacist, I probably would never go to this one particular barbecue spot because uh, I go to right now, I go to two barbecue spots. There's this brother I go to. He calls himself. What's, what's the name of his spots? Uh, super, super plates. He got this little spot not too far away from this hospital around away from me. His food is slapping. I mean, good God, this brother can cook his ass off. But then when well, if I'm not on that side of town, I want some barbecue, I go to this other spot. Ran by this white dude. It's called, um, it's like Bubba Lou's. I think that's the name. It like a white dude. Bubba Lou's Barbecue. I think that's the name of it. I don't know whose food is better. Like, they both is throwing down. You know what I'm saying? But if I was stuck in this mentality of, I just need to be around nothing but black people. Then I would probably be missing out on the wonderful flavors of Bubba Because Bubba Luz is just as good as the black dude. I mean, I don't know who's better. And like I say, depending upon what side of town I'm on, that's whose barbecue spot I'm going to get if I'm on that side of town. On a particular side of town. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I would never know this. I'll be burning mad gas money just trying to go from one side of town to the other. But then y'all would be like, but you're keeping it in black. No, I'm trying to satisfy my hunger, nigga. <laughs> You i my, my hunger doesn't care about who's black, white. It just cares about who got some great food that I can toss into this belly of mine. So I don't. So the, the whole point of, the whole point I'm making is this. I, I don't have an issue with diversity when it comes in that context of being around other groups of people, experiencing new experiences, learning new things, yada yada. I don't see the issue with it, especially in this country, especially in this country when you know you're outnumbered by white people like five to one. It's like five white people for every one black person in this country. It's like, it doesn't even seem realistic to me to try to cocoon yourself from white society outside of the realm of just, you know, working for white people. It just doesn't even seem realistic to me, man. And like I say, that's not me saying you gotta just be hanging out with them and, you know, doing whatever it's, you know, I'm just like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm different. Maybe this is why I think the way I think, because I've just been around so many different people. You know, through my, when like I say, when I went to college, and then when I went into the military, I was surrounded by all. Like I tell you this, I think I may have told this story when I was in Afghanistan. We had this white country boy, who had just joined the military, um, and so he gets sent to my unit, and we go straight to Afghanistan. This is his first first year in the army. He's already downrange, ducking bullets and bombs, right? So he straight, he he was um, well, he this this guy, he was uh, he actually passed away about three years ago. He was real. Let me see. He was like uh, 18, 19 when I met him. But then I think he passed away at like 23, 24, but whatever. <clears throat> so he was this real country white boy. I think he was from like, um, uh, what was he from? It was either like somewhere in the Midwest. It was like Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, like in that area somewhere, I believe. Like just, just like one of the more, like I say, flyover country. So. He used to be like, he used to come up to me, hey, you know, I'm I'm a, you know, I'ma I'm a send some I'm a get my folks to send some beef jerky over here. Now, I've had beef jerky before, so I was like, all right, cool, send it over. Because you no, know, when you're downrange, we call them care packages. Anybody that sends some food over, we didn't care what the hell was in the box. As long as y'all sent something that was just we we could smash. Well, his his people sent over like two big ass boxes of like uh deer jerky. I've never had deer jerky a day in my life, right? So they sent that over, some beef jerky and some other types of jerky. Man, I fell in love with deer jerky. I couldn't get enough of the stuff. I mean, this stuff was amazing. I ain't never had a piece of a deer. I don't think I've ever eaten deer in my life, to be honest with you. But I think that deer jerky was the first time I've ever, ever eaten deer. And like I say, I got this super country white kid who probably grew up in the town where it really wasn't a lot of black people. So and then he's in the army. He's, he's like one of my soldiers. You know, I'm, I'm his boss and all that. And so he was a little, you know, we got this. I'm from, you know, the, I'm from the South. He's from the Midwest. He country white boy, loves country music. It's all a country. You know, everything about him just stereotypical Midwest country raising a farm type of white kid, right? We got to know each other. Real cool dude, turns out, had a lot in common, uh, you know, in, in other areas. But <clears throat> um, like I say, that deer jerky like really cemented this bond between us because <laughs> I never had that stuff before. And I was like, yo, son, this is like amazing. Like, what are y'all doing out here? And then his his people's man. They were just every couple months. They would send us a care package of jerky over. So what happened to him? He actually died, man, in his sleep. So he got out the army. Um, he ended up getting out the military after about probably like a year or so after we had came back. I think he only did like two or three years in the army, and then he, you know, working a job. I do. I don't know. Apparently, he had some some underlying issue or something, and he went to sleep and never woke up. He was like twenty. He had to have been like twenty two years old, something like that. So I, I don't know. I don't know how he died. You know what I'm saying? But. It was it was a tra It was it was a, it was it was a tragic tragedy. Because like I say, he, you know, we was in Afghanistan ducking bullets and bombs, and he goes back home, and like at the age of twenty two, goes to sleep one night and never wakes up. So I don't know what the hell happened. You know what I'm saying? But he was my dude. You know what I mean? Because even after the army, he used to hit me up all the time. Always always went out of his way to keep in con- contact with me, and see what was going on with me. So very 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 uh, missed that dude. I miss that damn deer jerky too. But so, you know, diversity, you know, I don't see nothing wrong with that in that aspect. Now, we want to talk about diversity from the standpoint of trying to attain benefits, you know, that's when we get into the whole what 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 the black community gonna get. You know, we're gonna get to all that stuff. You know, okay, then I can kind of see the potential issues. Cause I know somebody mentioned affirmative action in the in the comments earlier. And you know there's the uh the belief that white women benefit off of it more, and i got to be honest with you i've been hearing that I've been hearing that for the longest i have no I don't think I've ever met anybody that's actually giving me any documented facts that that's actually true. I'm not saying that it's not true. I've just never seen anybody present any evidence saying uh proving that it's true other than people just repeating it over and over again i mean just 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 keep it real every time we have the the affirmative action topic. Somebody always comes up and says white women benefit more off of affirmative action than anybody else. Any of you guys in the chat, have y'all ever seen any documentation of that being true? And look, I'm not saying that it's not true. I'm just saying, has anybody ever seen any documentation of it other than just repeating what somebody else has said? I've never seen any evidence of this whatsoever. So I don't know if it's true or not. So, you know, I don't know. Oh, you have seen studies. So what have the studies said? What, what, what do they say? Is, that, is it true? I'm not, I'm not here to argue one way or another. I'm just saying I've never actually seen a study on this. <clears throat> but in regards to all that diversity, trying to get benefits and stuff, um, I, I guess I can kind of understand the
1: frustrations a little bit. But... Okay, it's like,
0: it's like, I guess it's like this whole, what are the politicians going to do for black people? You know, th- this rhetoric we always hear. It's like, that's like the famous rallying cry: What y'all going to do for black people? I rarely hear black people actually talking about what they want done other than reparations. And then, like I said, I don't even want to talk about reparations because, like I said, when you start breaking down reparations and trying to figure out how feasible is this? How how can this actually come true? You know, it's going to be a, no, it's, it's, it's a far, it's way easier to say we need reparations than to actually go out there and implement reparations. Because I seen, who was it? Tariq. Somebody had, I was, I was, I saw a tweet from Tariq. It was something about reparations and somebody came up in the comments and said, well, Tariq, how do you know you're descended from a slave? And Tariq was like, because my family can be traced to a plantation. And the dude was like, can you prove it? And Tariq, he said something, but it was never really a statement that definitively proved that he descended from a slave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I guess when we get to this whole reparations talk, it's like everybody it's, it, everybody that claims FBA, ADOS, or whatever the heck they call themselves, is like, I, mean, I wonder how many people can actually prove it that are that are repping it you know what i'm saying so i don't know (laughs) i don't know but anyways i I just kind of got sidetracked because i hear my son making a bunch of noise in the next room but i guess where i'm i guess i'm trying to go with this is I, i understand it from the perspective that people want benefits that are specific to black people but where I, where I guess the disconnect with me is I don't really see a whole bunch of black people out there outlining specific benefits that they want. <laughs> Other than chanting tangibles or, you know, just chanting these, these over generalized statements. It's like, what do you actually want? And I don't really hear a lot of, I don't really see a lot of black people outlining stuff, man. You know, then you know, some black people will come back, we want criminal reform and like I hear all that, but then I mean, sometimes I look at that stuff, I'm like, I'm not a criminal, so I don't really give a shit about that. Or then, <laughs> you know You know what I'm saying? I be hearing people say that, we want criminal justice reform. I'm like, I get it, but nigga, I'm not breaking the law or going to jail. So I really don't care about that crap. Nowhere near as much as somebody else who may have had them issues caring about it, but I guess what I'm saying, I just don't really hear very specific itemized things that people want that can be zeroed in on black people outside of the realm of reparations. So I guess this is where diversity gets lost amongst people. And then when they be like, Oh, we're gonna be a diverse country, and then this, you know, you got you got like 20 Hispanics, 10 Asians, and one black person. Well, technically that's diversity. But you know the black person may or may not get overlooked. But you know, you know. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you want to do? You want to kick all the kick all the Asians out, kick all the Hispanics out, and now people gonna call you the racist. <laughs> but then they'll come back. We can't be racist. Yeah, no, nah, you yes, you can. But I don't know, man. I just think. If you don't want to get overlooked in the diversity uh, jackpot where they're handing out gift prizes and all this stuff, I think black folks need to be very detailed in what they want. I just don't really see it. And then outside of the realm of reparations, because, like I say, even with reparations, it's cool to talk about it while we need it, yada, yada, yada. But you're going to have to get extremely detailed with how to prove who actually who would actually qualify for reparations. And once you start doing that, where you're going to be like, all right, you're going to need to produce paperwork. You're going to need to produce something. Dude, It's, it's going to be a whole bunch of people getting left out because I just don't think a lot of people can actually prove it. Even though you might legit be descended from a slave, I just don't know how many people can actually prove it. Because there's just no paperwork, there's no pictures, there's no family tree, family book. With a lot of people, you know what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, just just look at just look at today. You got you got you got Negroes running around here today who don't even know who the hell their fathers are. You know the whole you know chicks be getting pregnant, don't even know who the daddy is. And now this, you know, m- remember back in the '90s. um... When Ricky Lake and 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 all them was doing these pregnancy tests, I mean some some people are still doing them today, you know, like Maury. But you got all these people back in the day, they don't know who the baby daddy is, and now this little kid is like twenty years old today, right? Talking about he want reparations. I'm like, nigga, you don't even know who your father is, b. And I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's a lot of people who are just who may find themselves in that situation. So I'm like, if you can't even figure out who your father is, how are you gonna be able to prove something? approve this reparations claim. You know what I'm saying? Like, What are we talking about here? I, I,
1: oh God,
0: it's just all kind of problems. But I think the bigger issue, the, the bigger issue is you're going to have to really be super detailed and refined in what it is that you want so that you don't get left out when people start waving the diversity flag all around the place. And I don't know if I don't I don't think black people have figured this concept out. I just know that black people, when they hear diversity, as it relates to that, they just think, oh, we're going to get left out. They're trying to replace us. And I don't know if they're really trying to replace you. I just don't think you really identify what the hell you want. Because you look at the, you can look at these illegal immigrants, right? You probably got a whole bunch of people who are Mexican descent who came over here legally and they want their family members to come over here by any means necessary so they're out there voting for politicians cuz these politicians are promising to get them uh you know drivers licenses, healthcare, college, a path to amnesty like these are very defined specific things for these illegal immigrants that are trying to come over here very defined very extremely specific it's like that with, with every other group, the Indians, the Jews, Asians, you you name it, right? Black people is, is really, it. once upon a time, it was specific with the whole affirmative action. But then some, somehow, some way, that got lost in translation to where anybody who's not a white male could technically qualify for affirmative action. But I don't know if black folks just ever really tried to refine it. Because, you know, you've been running around here chasing pan-Africanism and we all we got, and now here we are in the era of, well, pan-Africanism isn't as popular as it used to be. Now you want to self-segregate, which is fine, into your own little tribe of ADOS, and I don't have an issue with that, but now you need to specifically pinpoint what you want. Well, we want reparations. All right, well, now you need to figure out what is the criteria? Who who can actually prove that they're, that they're this? And then, like I say, even with that, I think that's going to be a major pitfall with the reparations thing, but just outside of reparations, what else would you want for black Americans? It's got to be something else.
1: You know, focus on some other stuff too. You know what I mean, so I don't know. <sighs> Let's see.
0: Nigerians will find a way to get reparations. Uh, I guess. White women had 57,000 managerial jobs, blacks had 10,000. Tino's 19,000, Asian's 24,000. Well, hey. It is what it is, right? You know, the powers that be allow everybody who's not a white male to be classified as a minority. So, you know, I guess that's what you get. They should have, you know, when they was out there pursuing affirmative action, they should have had some type of language in there that said affirmative action specifically for black Americans. And nobody else. Maybe that should have been in the, in the in the documentation somewhere. I don't know. You had twenty foster kids on my caseload, and there were no fathers involved. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of that going around me. Whole bunch of that going around, been going around. So, anyways, I guess get back to the the original question here. I I just think it depends on how how are you trying to. From what angle are you approaching diversity from? Like, How are you trying to examine it? Because if you're just examining it from, I just want to be around nothing but black people. I want to live in my black bubble and just be around my black people. You can do that. That's cool. Nobody's saying that you can't. Like I said, the beautiful thing about America, you can pretty much live how you want to live for the most part. So as long as you know, you're not breaking any laws or you know, messing up any other anybody else's existence, you can pretty much do what you want to do. Nobody's gonna stop you from just being around other black people. I just personally think that it's a very uh limited way to live. You know, It's a very closed minded way to live, especially in a country like this. Sup, Gold Eagle. Now if you want to talk about diversity from the standpoint of attaining benefits specific to a race well you're gonna have to get super detailed about what you want i mean that's it like every other group you got know, I mean, you got to get super detailed and like i said we'll keep saying it yes i get it reparations reparations all right well the problem with reparations is all right can you prove that you actually descended from a slave it's other it's other issues that come with that, because even with the whole reparations thing, right, I've I've talked about this in the past. What if you got white people that can prove they descended from a slave? Will they not be entitled to reparations as well? Let's say you got Billy Bob out here who got a great, 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 great grandfather that was a African slave on a plantation in the south or grandmother or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Will Billy Bob not be able to get reparations if he can prove it? (laughs) Because it's because you know the whole argument is based upon lineage. So if it's a lineage issue, then Billy Bob would technically be able to get some reparations. But then you might be. But then people come back. No, you have to say your birth certificate have to say black. But then you're basing it upon a race thing. So you know what I'm saying? Like, what are we talking about here? It's all kind of issues with this reparations thing, man. But You just need to figure out what you want and then figure out a way to word it to where it's just specific for black folks, specifically for black Americans. You know what I'm saying? That's how this works. I don't think we got enough people that figured this out. Because, you know, that's that's part of that boring work. You got to go in there and do some actual work, do the boring work, and put this thing together. You dig? Says the Irish and Chinese will qualify for reparations. Uh, maybe, I don't know. If you have no family in Africa, where else could you be from? I don't know, you could be from Europe. I don't know. Shit. <laughs> you think black folks just I'm pretty sure there's black people in various parts of the other countries too. Not just, not just the continent of Africa. You could be from South America. That's where the majority of slaves were sent anyway.
1: Says, look up the Murdoch. The crew. I don't even
0: know what the Murdoch Murdoch is. What is that? If a certain demographic of people dominate an area, uh, do they consider it diverse? Uh it, it depends on how you're looking at it. <laughs> it's like, it's like I mean, okay. Let's just say you live in a predominantly white community. Let's just say you got 100 houses in the community. 99 of them are owned by white folks and one is owned by a black person. Technically, you could say that's diversity.
1: <laughs> Technically, you could. You know what I'm saying? Technically, you could. It just depends on how you're looking at it. Now, for
0: somebody that's not living in that community, we'll be like, nah, that's not a diverse community. That's a white community. But then if you live in the community, you're one of the white folks living there, you'll be like, but, but, but Daquan has a house down the street from me. And Daquan's the only black person in the neighborhood. Like, we are diverse. We are, we are a diverse neighborhood. And technically, he would be correct. It just depends on who's looking at it from what from what angle they're looking at it that's, that's how it works man do Asians consider MIT diverse do black people consider the NBA and the NFL diverse like i can say look all these questions depend on what angle you're looking at it from the NBA and the NFL are dominated by predominantly black athletes but there are white athletes and some hispanic athletes that play in Especially in baseball, but you know there there are other there there are some white athletes that play football and basketball too. So even though you might have like 75, seventy five seventy seventy five percent of the athletes are black, and you know from the outside looking in, you could be like, oh, it's just a black dominated sport or black people play it. And all, all it takes is that one person to point out that one white guy that plays the kicker, and they be like, that's diversity. It just depends on what angle you're looking at it from and what point you're trying to make. That's how this works, man. All it takes is for one person to be different. And you could be like, oh, we're, we're doing diversity now. That's all it literally takes. One person. You go to one of these uh, golf clubs, right? And they it's an all-male golf club. And they finally let their first female in. Technically, they're they're diverse now.
1: <laughs> that just works. Technically, they are diverse.
0: So, should we use affirmative action for white and Hispanic guys to get in the NFL? Who's we? If if they want to use Hispanic, if if, if uh, Hispanics and whites want to use affirmative action to get into the NFL. I guess I guess technically they could, you know, the same way that Asians are trying to use affirmative action to get into Harvard because the way it's written. It doesn't specifically say affirmative action is specifically for black Americans. It just says it basically says anybody who's not a white male. And so. You know, if it's written in such a language that expresses that affirmative action is pretty much for anybody who is not a white male, well, guess what? That's everybody on the planet that's not a white male. So technically, they could use affirmative action, which is what Asians are trying to use to uh, get get into Harvard. So that's what I'm saying. You got to be specific with the language. You got to be specific with the penmanship. If you just want certain things for certain people, but then you run the risk of being accused of racism and all this other crazy crap that that comes with it, and you
1: ain't know, gonna have to fight that battle, yeah, every industry has a certain
0: race that's more prevalent. Tech industry is 51%
1: Asian.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You know, certain cultures gravitate towards certain things. Black culture, we seem to put more emphasis on being sports players or entertainers. I mean, that's where most of our celebrities and millionaires come from, is from the entertainment industry. Whether it's through sports or Music or acting or something like that. Asian culture, they appear to put more emphasis on
1: tech or STEM. And that's why they are dominating in the numbers over there. Yeah. So if you want to dominate in the
0: numbers in tech, well, black folks are going to have to develop a deeper appreciation for tech which means you're going to have to develop a deeper appreciation for math and the English language and computer programming and, you know, doing all that stuff that, you know, joining a computer club, (laughs) you know, becoming, becoming a nerd, you know, what Tariq and them like to call a nigga nerd. You have to become a nigga nerd, (laughs) which I think is crazy that, you know, Tariq, they'll they'll say it like it's a compliment. Like, nigga, there ain't no compliment, but You're gonna have to embrace these things, man, and then become extremely competitive with it. So that means you're gonna you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to because you know here's the thing with the Asians, Asian kids on average they do about they spend about three hours a night doing homework on average. anybody want to anybody know how many hours a night the average black kid spends doing homework? Anybody want to take a wild guess? And I'll tell you, the average black kid in America spends about 30 minutes doing homework. They say Asian kids spend on average about three
1: hours.
0: (laughs) 30 minutes versus three hours. Who do you think is going to come out superior or dominating a certain field? More than likely the person
1: who put in three hours. And I'm talking about they've been putting in three hours since elementary school. You're going to have to change this this culture, man.
0: But good luck on trying to convince people to change the culture. Good luck on that. Everybody will say they want to do it, but it's another thing to actually get people to do it. I'm telling you, change this culture, man, of of making kids do homework, putting emphasis on homework and parents sitting down, helping their kids read and write and utilizing all these resources through the internet to help your kids excel where your school may be lacking. Man, black folks can can really go out there and rewrite this entire narrative, man, but that's not what's popular. What's popular is uh, twerking nonstop. I got a family member. I just I just learned this the other day. I got this particular family member. She's like twenty five. I remember I remember this girl was like 18, about to graduate high school. I was like, yo. I am like, look, you just around here smoking weed. I'm like, I'm about to tell you what your future gonna look like. You're gonna be pregnant before you're 30 and have a baby daddy. Now luckily she ain't got pregnant yet, to my knowledge. But I told this chick, I'm like, why don't you just join the Air Force, right? You're not doing nothing with your life. Join the Air Force for a couple years. Get all them benefits. And before you know it, you're first, you'll be out the Air Force. And then come back to doing whatever it is you want to do. That was like eight years ago. She could have, she could have been in the Air Force for like eight years or did four or five years. Got out and been doing other things in her life. What's she doing? Eight years later, she's working at some little rinky dink restaurant serving chicken somewhere. Anyways, I just recently learned that she came down to Florida, Orlando. Well, the Orlando area, she was in a place called Kissimmee. Kissimmee is like 30, 35 minutes from where I'm at. I didn't even know she was down here. Right. I just learned she was down here. Like yesterday when she got back to where to South Carolina, she was like, yeah, we was at Kissimmee. Sorry. We didn't highlight at you. I was like, I'm like, damn! You came all the way down here and didn't even say what's up. He's like, yeah, I came down there with my boyfriend and we got us an Airbnb and we just we just smoked out for three days. I'm like, wait a second! You drove all the way down to Florida to get an Airbnb and just smoke weed for three days in an Airbnb? You could have did that shit up in South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you know what I'm saying? But this is what she's doing. She's like 25 years old, right? Sweet, sweet, sweet girl. Like I say, luckily she ain't got pregnant. You know, but we still got five more years before we make it out these. to we make it to the thirties for her, but I'm just like, this is this is what she. This is the type of stuff, you know, her and countless other young people around her age are into. They just into this, this foolishness, and then, like I say, they'll wake up, be thirty, pushing forty years old, and then they'll be the main ones on social media crying about white people all day long when they were literally just wasting their time and energy doing a bunch of pointless crap that isn't going to bring any value to them in the long run. Other than her being potentially turning into a baby mama or she's just going to be, you know, still working these bottom of the barrel jobs when she could have, she could have went off into the air force. Like I told her to, went in, did like two, three, four years and got out, been out by now. Then she would have had access to her GI bill to go to college. She would have access to, you know, loans to help her get a home. You know, assuming she, you know, she was on a straight and narrow. She would have access to trying to get her a really good job, you know, doing some government stuff. You know, stuff that could have just opened up a lot of doors for her to where she wouldn't be sitting around here I'm talking about how she just get high all day long. She's still working this little minimum wage job. And I'm like, yo, you could have been moved up. All you had to do was just go to the Air Force. The easiest branch. Like Nobody tell you to make a career out of it, but at the time, she she couldn't afford college. She wasn't doing nothing else with her life, so I was like, just join the Air Force, man. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, just join the Air Force, learn something, get your benefits, and then if you want to come back to this life, come back to this life. But at least you'll have benefits that'll be with you for the rest of your life as you come back to this to this life that you're currently living. But the point is, you know, I don't know. Can't, you know, whatever. I'm not her father. I'm not her, I'm not her brother, so or blood brother, I put it that way. So, you know, it's only so much I can do for the girl. But you know, we just got to change this whole culture, man. And right now it's not it's not popular to change the culture. Is everybody talk about it, but nobody really wants to do it? You know what I'm saying? Nobody really wants to do it. So sometimes I'd be like, "Why waste? Why waste the energy preaching it?" Which I think I'm kind of getting to this point where I'm kind of tired of talking about preach. I'm kind of tired of preaching about it. to Be honest with you, I'm just. I'm. I'm I think I'm, I'm just slowly getting to this point of just letting the chips fall where they may. As long as I'm doing what I got to do to keep me and mine intact and moving forward. Yeah, you know, everybody else, y'all just on your own. Because it, sometimes it just feels like it's just it's just a waste of time and energy. It Says why are you bashing? I mean, I guess I don't know. I'm I'm not bashing, but so do you ever think about making content for women? No, for what? <laughs> I make content for.
1: I, I just make. Con- I make content for me. First things first. You know what I mean, and my content really is not relegated towards
0: one sex, one gender It's whoever, whoever feels like they can learn something from me and implement it in their life. Cool beans, if not cool beans. So I have no desire to make content for women, specifically for women. I'm not trying to be a relationship coach. I'm not trying to help you. Listen, I, listen. you got Kevin Samuels, Obsidian, all of them. That's what they do. I don't have time to be trying to solve grown people's relationship problems. <laughs> I really don't got time to be doing it. I have no interest in doing that. Like I said, the stuff I talk about is just stuff that, it just to me, to me, it seems like common sense stuff if you really want to change your outlook and perspective because this is stuff I had to learn. It wasn't like I was born with this knowledge. Of, oh, I need to do this. I had I do had that. I, I was going down some windy, twisty roads once upon a time, to where I could have been all over the goddamn place. But fortunately, I always had, always had a uh, you know somebody to uh, kind of check me and put me back in my place when I started veering too far to the left or to the right. And I recognize a lot of y'all never had that, and unfortunately, you know. I ain't got that kind of time, energy or resource to be y'all's father. (laughs) So I just, you know, use my microphone and just talk about, you know, stuff that I think is actually useful, that can actually help you. I mean, look, I'm not saying that relationship topics are female driven topics are not, I guess, important. But to me, they have a they have a they have a shelf life. Because.
1: You know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, you know, no, no relationship
0: is permanent. Like, even me and my wife. I mean, we can mess around and get a divorce tomorrow out this bitch. You know what I'm saying? She can take half my crap and all that crap, right? But guess what? I still got, I got something that she can never take from me. And what is that? I got certain skills. That I can still go back out there and get another job or start a business and go out there and get it popping. That'll carry me to the grave. That I keep learning about, refining, and trying to make, stay competitive and relevant. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how useful me giving grown grown black folks relationship advice is going to be when we're all going to get old and wrinkly. One day we're all gonna become, you know, <laughs> that's what we're gonna be. You live you live long enough to be fifty-sixty years old. I don't know how well game is gonna be for you at sixty at fifty, sixty years old. When you should be really focusing on your overall quality of life at that age and how you plan on spending the remainder of your years here on Earth? Do you want to be living poor and broke and struggling and living in the back of your kid's house? Or do you wanna, you know what I'm saying, be chilling, going on cruises and hanging out with other people your age, doing what the fuck they
1: do? You know, yeah, you
0: know, I mean, you guys get what I'm saying here? I just I just think I just think certain things like Women's talk, like, okay, you some uh, black introvert women. Women's talking about women. And look, I'm not saying that there aren't channels that can't help women out. First thing, I'm not a woman. I think the most qualified person to give advice to a woman is another woman who got her stuff together. That's first things first. But I just, I just think advice in the in the community is really centered on how to get ass how to get the uh the man who got the most money or how to get the the baddest chick and I'm like that stuff has a shelf life that stuff is not evergreen because as you start getting older I mean it's cool to talk about it and explore that crap when you're in your 20s cuz we all did it when I was in my early 20s I was My main focus was trying to get the baddest chicks everywhere I
1: went. As I got as when I hit thirty, my main focus became how can I
0: get more money in my bank account because I got a wife and kids to take care of. And then I started looking at my life. What am I? How do I want to be living at forty? Do I want to be on the internet or wherever at forty years old talking about? Trying to teach a young nigga how to get game, <laughs> how to get all the bad chicks. Do I don't want to teach this young nigga. How can you be living better than me and doing better than me by the time you're my age? After you're done running through all these chicks and you kind of get exhausted because you're going to get exhausted. You're going to get old. <laughs> That's the way it works. You know what I mean, so. I just don't. And I'm not saying that you look because. K coach said he chased girls from 18 to 20. Yeah, I started chasing chicks when I was like 14, 15 years old. And I'm not saying that, look, that's that's not me saying that you shouldn't, you know, if you're single and you're still out there, you, you know, go out there and meet you some women, do what you do. I just don't I just think when when I hear when I when I look at black YouTube and I see all these so-called conversations pertaining to self-improvement, All of these conversations are centered around self-improvement just so you can go get ass. (laughs) They're not centered around self-improvement so that you can live a quality life so that you can do things to produce more income to hopefully increase your overall quality of life, man. I just don't, it just doesn't appear that way to me. And if it's taking place out there, I don't really see a lot of people. Where, where's everybody else besides me talking about it? That's getting a lot of noise because I, I only get so much noise. I don't have, I don't have this booming channel like that. I'm lucky if I get 50 people in here, but I just think this, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe I'm biased because it's me or maybe I'm biased because I'm 40 years old and I can, I can, I can look back in my rearview mirror and see, okay, you know, compare myself up against forty-year-olds that I know who are still chasing ads versus forty-year-olds who decide to chase their future. It's like I just don't, I don't see, an, I don't get the vibe that that's what's really popping in Black YouTube. Because look, the moment I start talking about game and relationships, I'll be at ten thousand subs. <laughs> I'll be at ten thousand subs. The moment I start talking about how to help women, I'll be at thirty thousand subs. But I ain't talking about that because that shit ain't important to me. It's just not, and maybe it's because I'm married. But yeah, I think I think I would be the same way if I was single. Now, success is subjective, G Chase.
1: I don't personally feel like I'm a success. You know what I mean? I may have more. I may I may have more things going on than a lot of other people,
0: but I personally don't feel like I'm a success by what I believe a success is. Booty is more important than breathing. Yeah, apparently it is. That's a true statement. That, that's what your man said. Well, who, who said that? The Booty Warrior. He said that. But you you see that being played out in Black YouTube. All these conversations are about how to get women. And Look, I'm not saying that you can't talk about how to get women. Because guess what, especially if you're a young man, you are full of energy. That's that's one of the things you're supposed to be out there doing: sowing your oats, getting that stuff out your system. When I was out there, real heavy between the ages of like 15 to 24, 25, that 19 year window, I was doing all kind of shit with women. I was having threesomes. I was cheating on chicks. I was sneaking in and out of windows. You know, when I was in high school, I was doing all that crazy stuff, B. I was blowing mad money on, on clothes and sneakers, jewelry, all this stuff to try to attract the baddest chick so I can knock her down. I did all that crap. Had a lot of successes and some failures because, you know, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I won, got every chick I wanted. No, I didn't. <laughs> But I wasted, I'm not, I'm not even going to consider it. I wasted a lot of, well, yeah, I did waste money. <laughs> I did waste money. But, you know, I had fun. I'm not going to sit here in front, but I just knew that I couldn't be doing this stuff rolling into my 30s. And it's because I had examples older than me. I always refer to my uncles. Some of my uncles, especially two of them, they're only like 10 years older than me. And so... I had an example of my future if I kept trying to be like them because that's who I learned it from. I want you know, I seen them with the chicks. They had the clothes. This. I did. I tried to mimic them. So I, didn't, I didn't go to jail. I didn't sell drugs, but I tried to kind of mimic them to a certain extent because that was what was working with them. But when I was in my mid-20s or rolling to my mid-20s, they were in their mid-30s rolling to their 40s. You know what I'm saying? They still living with grandma. I'm like, I don't want to be living with my mother when I'm you know what I'm saying? Well, I stopped living at home when I was 18. When I, you know, when I when I went to college, I never really moved back home other than to visit. You know what I'm saying? But I damn sure didn't want to be like them in their living conditions, depending on women, whether it was my grandmother or whether it's some random chick that they was banging. They wanna be like that. But that's what they put all their energy into. And now here they are. They're in their fifties. I'm in my forties. Man, shit, it's like night and day, night and freaking day in terms of how their lives turned out versus how mine's is going. Because they never, they never got serious about nothing other than how. I mean, they, like even to this day, they still think they're in their freaking twenties, dude. Run around here and they they're fifty years old, still got their Cadillacs, trying to get them some twenty four inch rims on it. Talking about they, they finna go out there on the whole patrol. I'm like, nigga, you 50. Like, sit your ass down. Go find you a decent chick and build something with her. My, my nigga, you, you you spent your entire 80s and 90s doing this, and some of your 2000s. Like, chill the fuck out. And that's why they got kids all over the place, cousins I ain't never met. Or if I did meet them, I only met them once, and they were, like, grown by the time I met them. You know what I'm saying? I ain't want that life. I did not want that life, B. That's why I never got none of these chicks pregnant when I was out there doing my dirt. I ain't want that damn life. Yeah, I wanted to smash Big Booty Brenda, and I smashed plenty of them, but I never wanted to get Big Booty Brenda pregnant. (laughs) Never wanted to get her pregnant. I just wanted to tap them cakes so I can check that off on my list. Never wanted to put a baby in her. I ain't want to deal with no child support. None of that crap, B. I only got two kids. That's when the chick I married, and they were planned. So, you know what I'm saying? So when I come to YouTube and I hear these conversations, it's just, it's like, what are we talking about? It's like the greatest focus is how to get women. And it'd be like these old niggas talking this crap. (laughs) You know, when I say old, I'm talking about niggas my age and older. I'm just like, that's the only advice you got to give these young dudes is how to get women? You ain't got nothing else to offer these dudes. How to get women. Uh, I'm just like, I just, you know, but this is the culture. This is the culture. This is where black culture's priorities are. So we shouldn't even be shocked by this. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'll never, listen, I, I tell y'all, this channel will never be bigger than what it is. This channel will never, if this channel hits 10,000 subs, dude, I will be. I'll, I'll be shocked. You know what I'm saying? This channel will never grow because I just can't get on here and just talk about useless crap that I know is not going to produce anything of substance for you by the time you creep into your 30s, 40s, and 50s. Especially for those of you who are in your teens and 20s right now. I can't sit here and waste my time cheating you. I think I'm 40 years old. I I, I just can't sit here and waste my time trying to teach a 20-year-old how to go out there and get some chicks. Because I'm just like, what what is it going to... How is that going to help you, bro? Chances are you're going to get one of these chicks pregnant. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You might catch an STD. Uh, You know what I'm saying? You're just not going to find... You're always going to be chasing the next chick because you've never developed confidence in yourself. So you're chasing... It's like you're trying to get your confidence from the approval of other people because you can get all these chicks or you have the, or you feel like you're the man because some, some top notch chicks are, are, who appear to be top notch just because of their physical looks are showing interest in you. But, but my nigga, that's all gonna, at, at the end of the day, everybody's going to grow old and wrinkly, bro. How do you want to live the rest of your life? When you're when you're too old to go to the club, <laughs> when like, how do you want to live your life, man? You know what I'm saying? So I can't I can't sit here and make that content because I just I feel like I would just be doing a disservice, bro. A complete disservice to some young male or woman who might be, uh, you know, coming to me because they want to hear. Some words of wisdom, you know you know what I'm saying to kind of help them potentially figure things out if, if they're even out there. I don't know. I just feel like I would be doing a disservice if I just told you your most important priority in life is how to get women. No, no, it's not, bruh. No, it's not. Your most important priority in life is creating a, a uh, comfortable
1: existence for yourself and those you are in charge of, are responsible for. That's your most important thing. Because y'all, y'all talk about generational wealth.
0: That's a popular conversation in the community. Generational wealth. How do you, somebody explain to me, how do you create generational wealth if all you are concerned about is trying to get ass? How does that work?
1: If all you are concerned about is how to get laid, how does one create generational wealth from that? I don't I don't think it's possible. I don't know of any example of it being possible from a black person. Or anybody. Shoot. So I mean that's 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 part of the reason why
0: uh black introvert I think those topics they're entertaining for the time being but they have a shelf life in my opinion they're not they're not designed to they're not designed to add real value to your life when you become a, a quote-unquote for real, for real grown person.
1: And what I mean for real, for real, I'm talking about somebody that's 30, 30 years and above. I just don't see it. I don't see the value in it.
0: Outside of me creating the content just to make money. That's the easy part. (laughs) Kevin Samuels, Obsidian, Angry Man, that's the easy part. Let's talk about relationships. Oh, let's make money. But that 20-year-old who's trying to figure his or her life out, what the hell is that doing for them? Other than got got them running around in
1: circles trying to build their self-confidence off of their ability to attract the opposite sex. This is exactly my advice to a 20 something year old. If you're working a
0: lackluster job with no skills, I suggest you join the military. Air Force would be my first choice. If not, then go learn that skill. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the military. Nobody says you got to do a 20 year career in it. Even though I wanted to do one, but I ended up getting out after 13 because of medical issues. But there's nothing wrong with it. I
1: had a ball when I was in the military. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Learned a lot, a lot of stuff that I learned that
0: helps me now in my my regular everyday life. Access to benefits galore that help to improve my comfort in life or quality of living in life. I ain't ashamed of that shit at all. So that's when people come around here talking about the white man's military. I'd be like, shit, the white man's military did good for me. I ain't know any other, I ain't know any other organization or black owned organization that was offering these type of benefits that I'm currently taking advantage of. Me and my wife take advantage of. Yeah, I went to college. I went to college first then I went to the military. I was supposed to go straight out of high school, but
1: I want a scholarship to go to college. So I went to college first. But initially I was going straight out of high school. But I have fun, so I don't regret it. Coach Case Kate says he says he regrets not joining the military.
0: I mean, I wouldn't regret it. I mean, I, well, I, I don't know. I don't know your particular circumstances, so it just depends. Because you know, I, I hear I come across a lot of people who are around my age who say that same thing. They wish they had to join the military. And look, I'm the first to say that the military is not for everybody. It just isn't. And then the way the military is going these days, everybody's not going to be able to get into the military because long gone, especially with the Army and the Air Force, long gone are the days of everybody's welcome to join the military. You know, they are getting way more stricter about who gets in because they want they, they don't want a bunch of dummies in the military anymore. Like even in the infantry, I know people think the infantry is full of a bunch of idiots. No, the hell they're not. I met a lot of infantry dudes with college degrees. Some of them were, I met, I met this one infantry guy. He, was, he used to work on Wall Street. And he was like after 9-11, he just like, he got the bug. and was like, I want to go serve my country. So this dude was like a trader on Wall Street who decided to up and join the military, went to the infantry, man. I met him years, I think I met him when I was in airborne school years ago, back in 2003. So I met a lot of smart people in the infantry. You're not idiots like we all like they, you know, people used to think now the military over the last couple of years, especially as I, especially as I was getting out, they were really, they were really trying to find smart people, (laughs) I guess you could say smart people because it's getting more and more technologically advanced in the military. So they need people who can comprehend this stuff like you look at these uh those UAVs, those un- um, unmanned aerial vehicles, the drones, they be flying around dropping the bombs on people. Those are those are flown by people in the military. Like a matter of fact, there was a guy when I was a when I was a when I was an IT teacher in the army in AIT, I had this one soldier, he was a reclass Reclass means they changed his job title in the army. So he came into the IT field. Before that, he was in school to learn how to be a pilot for those drones. And so I was like, well, how'd you end up over here? I think he said he accidentally crashed one or something happened. And if you accidentally crash one, I don't know if he crashed a real one or he crashed a simulator one, but I think he, I'm more than likely it was a simulator he probably crashed. You know, I'm thinking that maybe it'd be a part of his final exam or something, but they kicked him out the program. And then they, and then he was like, well, you know, you can still go do it. But what I'm saying is, you know, he was a black dude too. So he had a, he had a pilot's license and everything. He was like 19 years old. He got a pilot's license so he can go fly planes for real. And he got all this through the army by the time he was like 19 years old. You know what I'm saying? And now, you know, he, he went to the it field in the army and i don't know if he's still in or not this was you know like five six years ago but dude got skills all over the place probably don't even realize it or didn't realize it at the time but i would imagine he probably realizes it now so you
1: know so it
0: just depends on the situation but most people that i run into that say they they regret not joining the military these are a bunch of dudes who really don't have nothing going on in life. Period. Like you say, you you got three degrees. These dudes that I normally run across, they ain't got none of that shit. They ain't even got. A, they ain't, they they barely got a high school diploma, and most of them probably got a couple kids. Now that's not to say that you can't have a bunch of babies in the military. Because I met plenty of Negroes in the military that got babies all. They got every everywhere every everywhere they get sent to, they 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 popping out a new baby. <laughs> I met this one dude. He ended up becoming a first sergeant. I, he was a long time ago. He was an E7 when I first met him. Sergeant Innocent. That was his name. Sergeant First Class Innocent. Drove a Beamer. This Negro had about six kids when I met him. I was like, okay, there's a reason why he's in the military. He can't afford, he, he has to be in the military. <laughs> he ended up becoming a first sergeant. And if I'm not mistaken, I want to say he may have, I don't know if he went on to get promoted to sergeant major, but he. I know he ended up becoming a first sergeant. But he had did like 20. Yeah, It was an E-7 when I met him back in the day. I was a, I was a specialist when I met him. And I do know he wasn't my platoon sergeant, but he used to always be around my platoon, coming around my area. He, well, he used to be hanging around the barracks a lot. i was like, why is this nigga at the barracks? E-7? Turns out he was, he was in there banging some chicks that stayed in the barracks. But, he, but I got to know him. Matter of fact, he was one of the people that taught me how to play dominoes, right? This nigga had like six kids, B. Six kids. On innocent. Had that pretty boy smiling and everything. Chicks love this nigga. That Negro was a chick magnet for real. But he ended up making first sergeant. So I'm pretty sure he's retired by now. But that nigga had a lot of kids. <laughs> wasn't nothing innocent about him. That nigga had a lot of kids. And he wasn't no pookie. He just had a lot of kids. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't out there committing crimes. He was in. The, he was in the army. He retired from the military. He just had a lot of kids. Just one of them dudes who just couldn't
1: pull out. What was his thing. <laughs> I got a.
0: I got a homeboy. He uh. <laughs> Our homeboy, right, me and this dude met when we was E5s. We met back in, like, 2005, right? His name is Ben. So me and him both masons, right? Ben, he originally from uh, Louisiana, this little short, dark-skinned dude. He used to drive this Tahoe sitting on 24-inch rims, right? And everywhere he would go, I was there or wherever I went, we'd do, we was like two peas in the pod, right? Oh, I got to yell at my kids. Hold on. So, everywhere we go, me and this dude, <laughs> I put it like this, right? This is, I'm, me and Ben started kicking it right around the time me and my wife started dating each other. So, Ben, he had this notorious reputation for banging all these chicks, right? But the problem with his reputation was his reputation bled on over to me to where... His activities had everybody thinking I was doing the same shit he was doing. Like even to the point where my girl used to think that every time they'd hear, because I mean he was like well known all over the base. He was more popular than me, but everybody knew he and I rolled together. So they assumed that I was into the same craziness he was into, which, you know, some of it some some of the time I was, but <laughs> when me and my girl started kind of getting serious, like, you know, dating for real, for real. And I was, I was on, so I was trying to pull back and be on some chill shit, and he's still out there wilding, and so he out there doing all kind of shit, and then people are like, they be like, "Ooh, Ben out there doing that, you know, you know, G out there doing it too." Then my girl looking at me. I remember one day, um, my girl she had to go away for some military training, so she left her car with me, and her car was nicer than my other car at the time, so I was like. I was like, let me let me let me drive her whip. We finna go. We, we finna go hit, hit the club tonight. So we hit the club. Ben, <laughs> this nigga accidentally. This nigga, I think this nigga accidentally left some condoms in, in her car. Right. I don't know. I, I don't even know what happened. Like nobody slept in the car or nothing. But there were there was some. Anyways, my girl come back from the training like a couple weeks later. She finds the condoms in the car, nigga. She's snapping on me you cheating on me. Blah blah blah. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm looking at the condoms like, these ain't my shit. So then I had to hit Ben up. But you know, Ben, he was, he was loyal as shit to me, man. He was like, so I hit Ben. I'm like, no, 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 that wasn't what's happening. What happened was I picked up this dude, this dude, and he had left some condoms in the car. And then like I said, he, he had his stuff in the back and I think they fell out of his bag. So then I called Ben. I was like, Ben, I was like, hey, bro, you left some condoms in my car? Because my girl is snapping on me. This nigga was like, yep, tell your girl that was mine. Yep, I did it. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, this nigga was like mad loyal to me, B. And um, yeah, that's my dog. But Ben, he had this, I'm talking about his reputation preceded him even overseas, my nigga. So we ended up going to Kuwait. we in two different units. He, he's in Kuwait about three months before I get over there. We, we had two different bases in Kuwait. How come this nigga's reputation is following me all the way to a different base? Like when I came to my base in Kuwait, my base is like 45 minutes away from his. I got people on my base talking about, they saw my last name. They was like, oh, you the dude that be rolling with Ben. I'm like, I ain't even seen him since I've been here. It was like, oh, yeah, we know about you. I'm like, how you know about me? I just got here yesterday your boy Ben been talking about you and, and this, that, and the third. So I'm like, holy shit, what is this nigga saying about me? So, like, two months later, I end up going out to his base and I run into him. I'm like, Ben, how come I got people way the hell up about 45 minutes away talking mad shit about me? I'm like, what the fuck are you doing out here? He out there running through holes, man, just running through them all over the place. And I'm like, Ben, you know I ain't, dude, at this time I was married, right? I'm like, Ben, I can't be having this all. I can't be, I can't be having your antics follow me. He's like, I know, man, but I'm just sorry, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. People, you know, they both know we masons. They both know we've been click tight since back in the day. I'm like, right, I need you to chill on this shit, my nigga. Tell people you don't know me. When you got here messing with these hoes, I don't know how my name is getting brought up. But I don't need people because I don't need people telling this shit to my wife. <laughs> so anyways, Ben did this his entire career. He even, he even went on to become a, a warrant officer, y'all. He Warren, he was still on the same shit, plotting and scheming, and but he finally got out the army, and he he's like a changed dude. I don't really believe he's changed, but he, he's like a he got his own little business going on down in Miami. Change. He out here helping people, uh, helping young, mentoring young kids. You know, getting them on. You know, into you know into STEM and all this stuff, but. So I, well, I'm saying I'm telling the story because I knew a lot of dudes like that in the military that was just running through chicks, popping babies out. They were just man whores at the end of the day. But they, 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 I can never say that they were pookies because, you know, I, I was a man whore at one point, too. But Ben, he took it to a whole nother level because his man whoredom affected me. <laughs> his stuff affected me I was, you know, because everybody knew we was real cool. I'm just like, you know, it, it kind of pissed me off a little too, man. I was like, it pissed me off because I wasn't, I, I wasn't actually out there doing the things people th- thought I was doing. I was, like, I was like, I ain't even sleeping with these chicks, man. At least, at least let me sleep with the chicks first, then accuse me of the bullshit. I ain't even sleeping with these chicks. And, and his, and his man hoarding is just rubbing off on me hard. I'm talking about it was to the point where the chain of command all the way up to the, you know, the first Sarns and the sergeant Majors was looking at me funny, off of the strength of him. I was like, what are you doing, dude? Like you are really wild. But he never got in trouble for none of his bullshit either, man. Amazingly, he never got in trouble. Cause you know, we was Masons. We knew everybody. But it was it was on some other shit. <laughs> the stories this nigga used to tell me. Oh God. But anyway, so I ain't gonna say he was a pookie, because somebody said he was born again. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I guess I guess that's the best way to think about it. he he'll born, he's born again. Yeah. Goddamn Ben. I, I still think Ben out there cutting up. Be honest with you, he just—I think he just learned how to tame his stuff down. But fortunately, it doesn't follow me around anymore. Because at one point, oh Jesus Christ! Everybody thought I was doing the crap he was doing. I'm just like, I'm not even there. I'm in the barracks. I don't know what this nigga's is doing. <laughs> oh, I've had some. Sorry, I have, I had some high. I had some high-ranking dudes who used to be jealous of me, when, especially when my wife first started dating. I had issues with. I had issues with one of her platoon sergeants in her first arm, because they was trying to get at my wife. Well, when me and my wife was first dating, they was trying to get at her. And then, you know, obviously she was choosing up on a player. And then they see me coming around, we going to lunch, hanging out and shit. And then I, this, you know, her boss started hating, trying to restrict her lunchtime activities and shit. Oh, it can get it can get pretty ugly in the military, man. You got some some you got some some of these old crusty niggas. In the military, because like I said, at the time I was kind of young, I was in my early 20s. My wife was in her early 20s. And you got these niggas, they in their 30s, 40s, about to retire. You know what I'm saying? They hating on a nigga. I'm like, what is you hating for, dude? Like, she don't want you. So now they're trying to put her on stupid details to try to limit her time with me during our lunch breaks, all because she don't want to get at these niggas. (laughs) They had to deal with that dumb shit, too. Yeah, made majors all them clowns, man. But luckily they weren't in my chain of command. They were they were in hers, which was stupid on them because I could have reported all them niggas. But whatever. Nah, my man's reputation was serious, b. It was serious. I mean, he was he, he was on some other shit at one point. Like, I'm trying. I want to tell some of the stories, but I, I got to keep it PG because he's because what it was, he would go out here and smash all a lot of smash a lot of these chicks. And he would come back and tell me all the de- and I had he come back and tell me all the details. I had another homeboy that was like this. I had another homeboy that used to actually send pictures, bro. I got a homeboy right when I was in AIT. His wife was my drill sergeant, right? I didn't meet him till after I got after airborne school when I went to my first duty station, and then I met him because we became masons at the same time. And he he was he was uh he was like an E six at the time. And then when I met his wife, I was like, "Holy shit! I know your wife. Your wife is my drill sergeant when I was in AIT, so we all became friends and shit. Whatever, whatever. His wife, his wife was fine as fuck back then, too. But whatever. So this nigga had another reputation. His reputation. He 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 went on to become a first sergeant as well. <laughs> but his reputation before that, he he was, he was another man whore around posts, just cheating on his wife all the time, right? And he wouldn't just cheat, right? This nigga would be sending pictures. You know, before videos, he, he, you know, we had the little flip phones back then. This nigga used to be sending pictures of the chicks as they sucking them off. He in the barracks, he in their barracks room, they just topping them off. All these chicks know they know he married. They all know he filming the shit. And he was just wilding out. He had graduated to making tapes with these chicks. Cause I remember, I remember years later, him and his wife was going through it. He hit me up on Facebook. I was like, how do I, I was like, how you and the wife doing? He was like, man, she, 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 she threatening she threatened to leave me. I'm like, what happened? He was like, man, remember all them pictures I used to send you? I was like, yeah. Man, I graduated to making tapes, bro. And she found the tapes. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> this nigga was wild, B. But I think him and the wife's still together, though. But my mans was off the chain. So I knew a lot of these niggas, man. We were some, we some man whore. Oh, God. We was getting it in back in them days. Yeah, my mans was wild, but he ended up becoming a first sergeant. He retired as a first sergeant. He 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 was reborn again too. <laughs> hey, a lot of us were reborn, man. A lot of us was reborn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was reborn. Like I say, like I say, before I met the wife. Oh God, I was I was out there just wilding, dude, wilding out. I didn't give a rat's ass. I had a <laughs> I had, this, I had a girlfriend. She knew I was cheating on her. I used to tell her I'm cheating. I
1: didn't give a fuck. I was like, whatever.
0: I was reborn, too. But they took it to another level. Like I said, like Ben's stuff, his stuff started to affect my reputation.
1: I was, like, I was like,
0: God, I'm trying to be a good guy around this motherfucker and shit. I can't do nothing because I know your ass. Everybody think you and I roll together. I mean, we, we, yeah, we did. But I kind of put the brakes on the rolling together because I was trying to chill with my lady. I'm like, Ben, you gotta, I'm like, Ben, whatever you doing, bro. You gotta tell people I'm not with you. I'm not at the club with you. I'm not, dude, we we do, I'm not doing this shit. This shit followed me overseas. <laughs> how you go to a whole nother country, a whole nother base, and your reputation beats you before you get there. I'm like, how is this possible? Oh, because of goddamn Ben. Well, that's my nigga though. <laughs> my dude, though, man. Yeah, he a changed man now. At he least I somewhat believe it, but I think he's learned to be more discreet because that nigga didn't give a rats. I remember this nigga told me this story.
1: <laughs> he said,
0: this dude said one day he was, uh, he was living in on-post housing. So he got this 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 chick over there. He banging this chick. He got like all his windows open, right? Just 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 stroking this chick now. He said
1: <laughs> This
0: nigga said there was like a there was like a first son of somebody who lived next door to him in his neighborhood. And this first son's daughter, who was like 17, hopped through his backyard and was walking through his backyard and looked through his windows and saw my man's banging this chick. My man Ben said, bruh, I didn't even stop stroking. I waved at the girl and kept stroking. <laughs> he said, "He said, I waved at her and kept stroking. I was like, nigga, you crazy. He was like, bruh, she was on my property. <laughs> He's like, I'm not finna stop nothing. Like, she she, she hopped the fence she wasn't supposed to be hopping. Bruh, that shit had me die laughing. He He was on some shit like that. He didn't give a rat's ass. But, you know. <laughs> ah, yeah, those are the good days. So, anyways, those are, those are my stories for the night, man. I'm finna go. What time is it? Now we got to
1: talking about this army crap. I'm gonna be here all night talking about this stuff. What is this? Anyways, I'm about to roll. So uh diversity, man. Get back to
0: the diversity topic. Uh I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. It just depends on, you know, how you wanna how you plan to approach it. Anyways, if y'all want to
1: show some love, there's the Cash App. I'm about to bounce. I gotta go yell at some kids. So y'all be easy. Peace.